0: Wait. wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. Well, I guess that's how we're gonna start the show. Welcome everybody into the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Today we're going to be recapping the <laughs> Iowa State game. Um, John, this was John's idea, by the way. Um, right. I'm gonna take no credit for the genius of that intro. So um, it'll sound a lot better with. Me.
0: So <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought I, I could have added some more to it. But oh, I, could I was, was I mean,
1: listen, I was thinking like, you know, I was thinking about doing like a breaking news. You know, weed is better than corn. But, you know, this is the you know, there's no great way to start a show. So, John, so let's just uh, let's just get going. I mean, first of all, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Shake them like If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which based on the analytics anchor tells me you probably are. Um, If you could leave a review and a rating, that would be much appreciated. All right, let's get into it, John. Um This is a tough game for sure. Uh yeah. fun to watch? Absolutely not. It's slightly better since we won, but um thank God we have a bye week. Oh my gosh. Thank God um, we have a bye week. We would be so screwed if we if we had to play TCU in Fort Worth this week.
0: I mean, that uh, it... Pretty much almost everything that could have gone wrong, wrong, almost went wrong for K-State. I mean, you had a lot of uh, – you had a few dinged up players here and there with Lee Duke, and Deuce Vaughn early on. Uh, just a lot of missed op- missed opportunities to capitalize. But, I mean, at the very end, K-State dig deep. They were able to uh, – they were able to get their offense going a little more consistently – consistently uh, – Especially when it comes to Martinez and Malik Knowles with all the connections laying the game. Knowles found a way to really redeem himself after what happened in the first half. But um uh it's a it's a big it's a big win. You know, Iowa State, one of the top run defenses in the country. They shut down K State. Um but Mar- Martinez proved it for the air today. Uh he he really did. What was it? 12 of 19 for 246 yards, given that that two of them came off of really big really big uh really big completions uh, including the one for philip brooks early on um but you you know it and, and like i said it wasn't but best best win at all but uh it, but playing a rival like iowa state who's had your number lately i think k-state fans are just kind of glad that they're able to get out of there Get out of Ames with a with the, uh, with a huge win, and especially for the first time in a while, I think since 2016, uh, K State's had a lot of troubles in Ames lately. But uh, they and they probably had some troubles as uh, last night as well. But they 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 found a way to get through, and we could all uh, take a deep breath and move forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, before I give my thoughts on the game, uh, first of all, John, um, it's official. When we're in Aggieville, we win.
0: Yeah. So we're
1: that's right. me and John are four and O in Aggieville. We're three and O at Tanners. Uh, we tried to go to Tanners to watch the game yesterday or two days ago, as you're listening to this probably. Um, but Tanners was full, so we went to Kites. Uh, watched the game along with Ace Edwards, which was a ton of fun. Uh there was there was a bunch of moms uh, right next to us. And oh I think we're God. celebrating a birthday. Um we got we got there at like 545 and they were already pretty drunk and we were like, wow, it's 545 p.m. And, somebody uh,
0: but, give me a capri Sun.
1: <laughs> They, you know, they kind of lightened the mood and it was a pretty serious game. So anyway, four and in Aggieville. Um we're gonna try and keep the street going here. Um second, like I mentioned to start off the show, perfect time for a bye week. I mean, we usually don't have bye weeks this late in the season. They're usually like in between our last non-con game and the start of conference play. But this is could not have come at a more perfect time, considering the injury to Khalid Duke and Deuce Vaughn, like you mentioned, um, and just generally being banged up with what's happening to Nate Matlack and things. But into to go into a you know a tough environment like that and get a, a win going into a bye is huge. Um, the third thing I have, uh, we've won the last three coin tosses, John. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to take away from that. It's pretty meaningless. But I guess I, mean, we're, I,
0: guess, I guess the one thing you could probably take away is that K State elected to defer for the second half. I guess I guess they probably I do call. know that. I guess it's not too bad of a move considering how horrifically bad Iowa State's offense is. Uh, my goodness. I mean, I mean, given that Hunter Decker's avoided a turnover situation, um, but I mean, for the whole game, it's been mainly uh, shallow crossing routes, three yards out, draws for two yards, and passes short, short of a stick as well. I mean, they they had things going early on, but K State caught up, but K State caught up to them defensively
1: yeah um I, a future me I know you don't want to do this but could we get a flashback to um what I said to open our keys to victory in a live show on Friday yeah thanks me um I mean I just totally nailed it John I, I was confident we were going to win I knew it was going to be very ugly I knew I was not going to feel good about it but I mean the point is you go on the road in the big 12 to Jack Trice Stadium Iowa State in their all blacks um I think I heard there was the first time they lost in the regular season
0: and, and all blacks and they're all blacks. Yep. They're, yeah, they, they're all, the only other time they lost in their all blacks was the 2020 big 12 championship down in Arlington against Oklahoma.
1: Yep. Matt Campbell's shining moment as a coach. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, John getting,
0: getting, getting some in, inspiration from Iowa here. It's yeah. Pretty there
1: cool. were a couple of Iowa, Iowa fans at kites and, uh, their game was on after the K-State game and it was it, it was rough for them but it's been rough for them the entire season. So It's been uh, it, it was a
0: rough it was a rough night for the State of Iowa and their offenses.
1: Yeah, anyways, I mean, John the fact that we score on our first drive on a kind of fluky Philip Brooks touchdown and that actually like turns out to be what decides the game is kind of absurd. I mean, I remember thinking in the third quarter watching this I'm like, is this game just like actually going to end 7-6? We're just going to get a random 80 yard touchdown. And like, we're just going to, and then on the other hand, when, um, Jace Gilbert hits his third field goal, I'm like, are we really going to lose to Iowa state because of their kicker made three field goals after just relentlessly making fun of their special teams? It was just, there were a lot of weird thoughts going through my mind. Um, So, uh, I mean, obviously, looking at the stats, um, you mentioned some of Adrian Martinez's passing. Obviously, you got to talk about the fact that somehow we had two (laughs) 100-yard receivers. um, And I got a little bit of trivia on that. Um, So um, I've I've heard it before, but uh, the last time we had a 100-yard receiver was last year against Southern Illinois. Uh, we had a hundred yard. Deuce had a hundred yards against Oklahoma last year, but he's a running back. He's also Deuce Vaughn. He's kind of a cheat code. So uh, we'll just st- keep stick to wide receivers. The last time we had two wide receivers get hundred yards was 2017 against central Arkansas, Byron Pringle, Isaiah Harris. But John, how about this? Last time, two wide res- K-State wide receivers had hundred yards in conference play. Oh boy. You have to go back a while. <laughs> you have to go back a while.
0: Um, like like before Snyder 1.0 or 2.0 or oh not that far okay
1: just like I mean like who's who's a guy from the 2010s you think like he could sling it and get you know two
0: guys to 100 yards in the 2010s yeah oh I'm gonna take a guess Colin Klein no no the the better
1: passer oh the better passer okay this is taking too long Jake Waters um in 2014 yeah you would have gotten there but uh, yeah, Jake Waters against our good friends, the Kansas Jayhawks, mm-hmm. in a 51 to 13 win. Tyler Lockett and Curry Sexton. Oh, just saying those names brings back the glory days. 119 yeah. for Lockett, 141 for Curry Sexton. I believe both of them had 100 yards as well in the um, Alamo Bowl against UCLA, but that's not conference play. But it is against a Power Five team, which is another thing. If you want to throw that into the mix. I don't know when the last time we did that on the road, but I'm not going through that much college football reference. Um, it's, I mean, it, it is weird that, uh, you know, we, we have 200, 200 yard receivers, we hit up 10 points. Um, I think our offense was like deceptively effective, especially in the second half. You know, we managed to run down the field. We should have had 20 points in this game, John, obviously with the um, the punch out by uh the iowa state cornerback on malik knowles which uh, is really frustrating i don't know how much i want to be sympathetic to malik because like if i was in that position i would not be thinking that i think that's just such a rare thing that happens it just i don't know i would kind of just toss it up as like whatever um obviously chris Tennant misses the field goal um i don't know how you felt john i think taking three there makes a lot of sense when the game is just like so like Points are at an all-time premium. It, Iowa State was not scoring a touchdown in that game unless we just had a total breakdown in coverage. Um, so, I mean, if, if we kept it more than a field goal, I was feeling very confident. But uh, I, it, just, it just feels good to get past this game and just move on to next week or do on to two weeks and get a chance to breathe, get the guys a little bit more healthy.
0: I mean the, the moment Anthony Johnson punched the ball out of Malik arm at the one at the one foot line,
1: and, and we mean, were that, all in the middle of celebrating, and we're like, "Wait, what happened?"
0: That that was the most farmaginning thing to occur. Uh, I mean, like like you'll have a, like a few typical farmaginning moments, like when we when K State came back, like 20, 24 2015. and fifteen, twenty fifteen, but the final play in twenty. 17 and then... yeah,
1: and i mean if you want to be fair iowa states comeback in 2018 as well which yeah. uh we will try and forget about that but
0: and every 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 episode we bring up 2018 we just oh uh, yeah but, uh...
1: <laughs> you know i was i mean this actually i'll let you finish your point i don't want to go on a tangent about jesse earth's passing numbers looking at them in 2016 like good lord
0: but you, <laughs> uh, oh geez don't don't get me started on that oh but gosh um you know k-state k-state had plenty of opportunities to capitalize especially when they were uh when they were in cyclone territory uh i mean obviously the Knowles stuff we're gonna t- touch on um and just a few draws that that didn't ultimately work out it looked as if iowa state was was anticipating uh a read by either vaughn or, or martinez and um you know, ultimately that that would set up the, the special teams and Chris Tennant uh, couldn't convert one earlier, but uh, he was he was able to get the the most important one to seal the deal because after that it just didn't look as if Iowa State was going to move down the field unless they were going to get something going with Xavier Hutchinson and, and you sit on the show like it can't just always be Xavier Hutchinson running the show uh, for Iowa State. They were just not they were just not getting. And he looks offensively uh, whip deckers and my wide receivers. Um, it just it they just collapsed really at 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 the end of the game.
1: Yeah, play to play, watching the I mean, Iowa State's offense was definitely effective, but I think you know I think our the defense executed their game plan perfectly. They were just going to let Iowa State run those out routes, little quick slant RPO stuff. Um, a couple of times, you know, our linebackers uh, you know bit on the run and they were able to get a big gain on some slants. But, I mean, generally, we made some good tackles in the open field. They were not scoring in the red zone. We were going to get stops eventually. We managed to, you know, we were waiting for 100 deckers to make a mistake, and he usually would, just on a missed pass. Um, credit to him for not making any turnovers, which was is shocking to me. Um, I thought turnovers were what was going to decide this game, but it really, it could have been for, on, for us, but um, it wasn't. And, you know, we just took what, you know, we were just able to, not give up any big plays, make tackles, which is frustrating to watch because you just see them slowly working down the field. But, you Mm -hmm. know, in the big picture of things, we got stops when we needed to. We forced them to kick field goals. We forced them to punt the ball. You know, it's a real shame. We still haven't really gotten a chance to make a play on special teams in terms of blocking a kick or anything like that, or taking a punt back or a, a kick return. Nothing really has come to fruition. And they've given us opportunities to do it. You know, Phillip Brooks probably should have made a fair catch that one time and he got kind of nailed. Um, mm-hmm. But haven't been able to chance to make – but, I mean, give all the credit to the defense. I mean, we are so lucky to have them, John. We are so lucky oh to have gosh. them. Oh, I my gosh. And give K-State credit to Iowa was- State's defense. They are they are ballers too.
0: K-State's defense would not be in the pos- – I mean, K-State would not be in the position where they're at right now if it wasn't for the defense making the biggest stops. Uh, like we would be looking at a different narrative up for the season so far because Oklahoma, um, I mean, we we could talk about the Oklahoma game real quickly. Like they got into K-State territory, but the defense didn't necessarily uh, break at any moments. They just been it at times. And, you, you know, the same thing goes with Iowa State. Uh, early on, K-State had their, their defense was back, had their backs against the wall, and they were able to uh, step up when they needed to.
1: Yeah, uh, I've actually got one more piece of trivia on the um, hundred-yard receivers. Do you know the last time K-State had an actual receiver with a hundred yards in conference play on the road?
0: On the road?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I just it happened to be on the road, so I just counted that. But yeah, hundred yards in conference play. It's been a a tiny bit while.
0: It's been a little, a tiny bit while.
1: Yeah, you're. I mean. Like this is so random that you're probably i mean, you have no chance. I'm sorry, but it's it was twenty eighteen against West Virginia in a thirty five to six loss. Isaiah Zuber huh? had ten catches for one hundred and thirty three yards oh my
0: gosh, wow,
1: <laughs> which is just like whatever like i guess I guess when we throw the ball to one guy for a ton of yards, we just can't put up points. I don't know
0: I'm not sure, but. Uh, you know, kind of like kind of like Tulane, where they were a top ten running uh, run defense. I mean, Iowa State did their part, yeah, really I- the entire game. I mean, until late in which uh, they they were kind of getting gassed out because their offense uh, couldn't do jack. You know what out 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 there? Um, but you know, rushing Martinez, nineteen carries, seventy seven yards. Great to see DJ Gittins get the ball as well. He had eight carries, thirty two yards. I I mean he came in a little bit too late I'd imagine but um he was really the one that that sealed the deal for K-State to go along with Martinez especially when uh Deuce Vaughn uh wasn't at his as at his, uh full strength uh at times and he, but a lot of people always argue that the length the length uh was really the reason that K-State needed him to be a part of the offense and it changes a lot of it. A lot of the pacing just changes a lot of the dynamics of the offense as well. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the defenses will be reading on Deuce spawn for, for so many games, not too many people are going to take, put into consideration, uh, DJ Gittens. And I think ultimately, I mean, I ultimately should just be my catchphrase. Uh, but, um, D, but, uh, DJ Gittins. he, he it was great to see him get, get some, uh, get some reps as well.
1: Yeah. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, John, but obviously KU didn't invent this, but I, I think we should steal from KU and do, cause they do a bunch of two running back stuff and some mm-hmm. of that like triple option. Like I, you'd imagine that just be so effective when you've got three runners in the backfield who are all really capable of running the ball really well that the defense has to key in on. If we can execute that, you'd imagine that would just be money we could run that the entire game but I mean that's that's not what we want to do so I mean I'm surprised we didn't do any like you know classic just like RPO glance stuff with the slants or anything Mm -hmm. like that because I mean Iowa State's defensive line is good I think our offensive line did make some key mistakes notably that one time we're in you know we have seven guys blocking you know Will McDonald just like Cooper Bibi and Hadley Panzer just like well you can just come through that's fine yeah Which i mean was,
0: it, it just didn't look like he was he was ready i mean will Mcdonald was coming like he, he, i mean will mcdonald looked was running as if someone stole his money, and uh he was i mean he was coming in there it was going to, it, it was not gonna end well ultimately uh yeah man. uh but but
1: i mean ultimately john ultimately uh, um you get at it i'm I'm not making fun of you i i have <laughs> i have a bunch of bad habits that I noticed that drive me crazy. But, I mean, you go to Jack Trice Stadium, you win an ugly game, you could nitpick the game to hell. I mean, but, you know, when you're banged up, going into a bye, you just you just take the win. You just take the win. It's a, a road win in the Big 12. Um, so maybe we can look ahead a little bit, John, because, I mean, we are. We're 5-1. and one, We're 3-0 and oh in the conference. We're in first place right now. Um,
0: 17th in the country.
1: Yeah. 17th in the country. I mean, I'm looking at our schedule here. I mean, how let's, let's go game by game here and give our like, how do we think we can finish the season here? We're at TCU in two weeks, which I mean, first of all, they'll release they'll, by the time you're listening. They'll still probably release the time for that game. John, we could get like I'm looking primetime Fox,
0: mm-hmm. you know, two
1: 30 ABC, 11 AM ABC. I, I want to say primetime, you know, if we could get primetime ABC, that would be awesome. But I kind of want to save that for a home game, so Holly Rowe can be there and I can get a picture with Holly Rowe. But I mean, obviously, I wouldn't complain. That would be abs- But we we're we're getting a really good, you know, a t- good team
0: for that. Think of how beneficial it is for K State to have a bye this week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, to mention like the the tr- trying to get the players healthy, like giving them a little bit time to to rest. Uh, next week, TCU hosts Oklahoma State. Uh, I mean that 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 is TCU is not going to have an easy stretch. I guess the good news is for their sakes, they're going to we're going to get both teams at home. But um, K State kind of kind of bene, kind of benefits them for not only the scouting and all, but um, you know TCU if they if they get off of on a big win over Oklahoma State it could be a potential letdown game. Uh, the following week as well, uh, and then after after the TCU game, you get Oklahoma State, Texas, and Manhattan. I mean, uh, let me tell you, if, if K State beats TCU, I, 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 oh my gosh, I definitely hope either Big Noon kickoff or College Game Day uh, makes the trip to Manhattan at some point, man. Uh, that'd be so with, awesome. That'd be that'd be legendary. What what doubt.
1: It's a What's win-win up? either way because if game day's there, obviously you know you get to meet all the cool people. But if Big Noon Kickoff is there, then I mean, hope then you get you know you meet Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. Oh, to meet Gus Johnson,
0: that'd be so awesome. You get you you just get to meet you just get to meet cool, amazing broadcasters yeah. that we get to look up to. The
1: All American Girl Jenny Taft on the sideline.
0: Um. So yeah, welcome if- in. To, welcome in to purple palace i'm gus johnson alone my quarterback joy <laughs> oh my gosh i oh. that is if you want to talk about dynamic duos i mean i understand we're the best dynamic duo obviously about, but uh but i mean the, those those two have been a staple for college football and, and, and particularly the big 10 because it because big new kickoff just continues to just derail on michigan I mean, they 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 were at Indiana from, from Michigan and Indiana. Yeah. Can
1: they go to like a non Big Ten place, please? Like, good lord! They're not going to a Pac-12 place. We know that for sure.
0: They are not. No, a conference is a dying trash is a dying <laughs> of trash, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you can you can see as many rants as as you want to on Twitter. I'm gonna yep. start at the end of the thick of things here pretty soon, but. Um, Let's get let's get back to our schedule, John. Let me get back to our schedules. So, I mean, we don't need to win
1: this TCU game on the road um, to you know still have our hopes of Arlington. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, out of these three games at TCU, Oklahoma State at home, Texas at home, you got to get one. You definitely have to get one. You anything more than two losses, you're probably you're hoping you get really lucky and some other teams fall for a shot at Arlington. Two losses, based on what we've seen so far seems like Arlington would be fairly likely, but I mean, who knows? I mean, in 2014, we were third in the conference with two losses, but that was, those were kind of some weird circumstances because TCU and Baylor were, you know, the fourth and fifth best team in the countries.
0: I think, I think the TCU game, it, it is going to be big, but like you said, it's not going to be a but, but game where K-State, where K-State, where it's a must win. I mean, you would love to have a win, but it's completely understandable. I, I take that back coming off of a bye. You might you might you need a strong stronger.
1: performance for sure. Yeah, you
0: need a you need to come out uh with a little more of a stronger performance. Yeah. Yeah, we can't um, just
1: go out there and lay a dud, you know, but
0: but 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 the three games I'm concerned is is after t- after the TCU game and what you got three teams that Chris Klein has never has never defeated, Oklahoma State, Texas, I and mean, then you go to Waco and play at Baylor, in which I mean baylor Baylor's a little bit down this year, but uh you know very 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 um Baylor still. I mean, you can never count out the, the the champions. I yeah. Mean, the, the the Big Twelve the Big Twelve championship will run through but but the, the um reigning champion location in which K State's had a lot of troubles in the past at Baylor. So, um, that's definitely one game I I'd keep an eye on as well.
1: Yeah, and then at West Virginia, I mean, you'd think I mean you'd think we'd just you know wipe the floor with them, but who knows? I mean, the Big Twelve is so weird. And then obviously, you know, Kansas at home. Who knows how, what that's going to look like now with, you know, what, what's transpired. Um, so there's a lot to be decided. We'll obviously know a lot more about Baylor in a few weeks once they've, you know, played some more games, more about Blake Shapin. But I mean, I think eight and four, nine and three is very doable. You know, I think going three and three the rest of the way is very doable. Four and two is definitely doable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, this team is on the up and up going into a bye week which is a really really good thing
0: and, and you know what they all say great teams win ugly games yeah we, we've seen it already with the likes of Georgia Missouri uh you know and you know games like that this is the K-State Iowa State game this past weekend showed how show the absolute toughness at the at the biggest times K-State had to beat Iowa State and and a road road environment at 60,000, I, I believe the, the, the largest attended game in farm in history. Um, so and, and then on top of that, you, you got possibly two, two of the biggest road atmospheres in the Big 12 out of the way. You, you beat Oklahoma early on in the year, you beat Iowa State early on in the year, and TCU doesn't really have a home, a home atmosphere. I mean, you, you just go into a stadium. Like they'll they'll draw a decent crowd, but I mean it, there's going to be a lot of plenty of open seats as well. So uh, who who knows? I mean it. Um, I mean you, the crowd crowd won't be like the biggest factor. How, hell, you can ask UCLA. I mean, see how they're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, six and no six and no while playing in front of three hundred fans. Um, but y- you you really got to like where K State's at. I mean, but but lane loss still hurts. Uh don't get me wrong. I mean that 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 is just gonna continue to just haunt my brain. It's like what if this scenario happened overall? But but um you you're you're three and zero in Big 12 play. Um you're you're on top of the Big 12 as well. I mean I mean for for now, I mean TCU and Oklahoma State, they'll settle with who who's gonna be tied with K-State on on the top. And then I mean on I mean, on top of that, you got two out of those three teams. you got two out of the top four teams in the big 12 at home you got you got oklahoma state and texas at home so that's gonna be really beneficial moving forward
1: yeah i'm on the on the on the attendance thing pro tip if you're thinking about starting a university maybe don't put it in a super big city where there's a bunch of like quote better stuff to do than watch college football you know example dfw la area um So, yeah, anyway, I mean, John, this team has already been through, like, so much this season. I mean, you've got – we won a game in poor weather conditions against Missouri. We had a wake-up call game against Tulane. We had the bounce-back game against OU. We kind of had a game against Texas Tech where he bounced back in the middle of the game where, you know, we really struggled. And, you know, a few turnovers kind of – we made some adjustments. We got things rolling again. with some a plays. place. And then we just won – so I'll just finish with that. And then we just won a super ugly defensive grinder on the road against Iowa state
0: with well, a Texas tech game, I would consider that avoiding, avoiding the, the letdown response from the yeah. Oklahoma game. So <clears throat> just my, just my thoughts on that. And then Iowa state, I mean, that, that rivalry is starting to, that rivalry is starting to crank up, especially with the players and the coaching staff, you know, Chris Kleiman, he, I mean, being an Iowa native, he wanted this more than any, than anybody else. I mean, but, 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 some of the stuff that he said um during the press conferences, uh, towards the players as well. and then and then, at the end of the game, just overall his reactions. I mean, he just uh, he just gave so many fit fist bumps here and there. and he went to Gene Taylor, gave him a big hug. i mean, this is this is a this is a team that's focused on winning, and they're wanting to win the right way. They're wanting to, they're wanting to. They're, they're fully making themselves known that they are ready to fully make their statement for the big 12 and, uh, how they will, how they will ship out the, the rest of the, uh, rest of the race as well.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this is the highest ranked we've been since 2016 when we were 16th in the country. No, we that- no,
0: 2020, West Virginia, that's, I believe K State was number 16. Yeah, that's what I said. No, yeah, you said 2016.
1: I I, said, I meant to say, I'm literally looking at it in 2020. Okay, well, I got uh, my words mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, apologize. I meant to, I'm looking, sorry. I was looking right at 2020, <laughs> we're ranked 16 against. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, we were on the same page. I just can't talk.
0: <laughs> oh, well, no, I can't either, man. I'm enjoy, enjoying the club. <laughs> it's, been mean, guys,
1: guys, it's been a long guys,
0: day. It's been a long day. Guys turned us upside down yesterday uh
1: yeah so So we get a we get a Saturday where we can just watch college football without like you know having to have a heart attack because I mean John you know maybe we can use this as a tease into our break here but we already had enough to deal with at 11 a.m watching KU play TCU and everything that happened with that so um I mean do we have anything else we want to touch on before we take a break on the K-State Iowa State
0: not, not necessarily. I think I think we're we're good to go because I I definitely need a break from all the football talk that we've had. Well, the K State football talk we've had. Yeah, oh, this also brings up another thing. The other the other thing that benefits you during a bye week is that you don't have to worry about your football team. You can just point a lap if a team's to lose, and then just and then just point out the team that won and all. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> very. What an, what an astute observation john that's that's the one of the great things about a bye all right okay. with that um we will take a break and we will touch on k-state women's soccer go around the big 12 talk about the ap poll maybe john i'll let you get in your rant about uh the pac 12 and the fact okay. that they're not going to be on espn or fox all next <laughs> And we're back, John. We're back. Now that we've moved on from that um, Iowa State K State game, and we can, you know, finally re- just reminisce in the fact that we're three and zero, and not remember how we got to be three um, and
0: zero, and claim and claim officially once again that we are Iowa State's dad. Yeah, no questions asked.
1: We're a father of two now.
0: <laughs> That's right,
1: and we're about to be a father of three by the end of the season. Um, let's cover some K-State soccer real quick. They played um, Sunday and uh, quite a dramatic finish against mm-hmm. Baylor in Waco. Get their first win in conference play in very dramatic fashion. Um, Ada Anderson able to um, dribble into the into a cross, I think. And then Riley Baker gets a penalty kick. It's a beautiful kick into the bottom left corner. to take a 2-1 lead in the 90th minute. And K-State yep. able to... <laughs> get a win over Baylor just absolutely huge
0: Uh, I only I only saw the highlights of of the of the goals by by Ada Anderson and Riley Baker but I can only imagine what the reaction was like when when uh, Baylor got called for a for a yellow what was it like a yellow card in the last 90 minutes and oh my gosh I mean I could not imagine like what what the what the vibe was uh, for each team right there but but man I mean I was I was not really anticipating to see to see K State win win this match. I mean, just considering how things have not looked too brightly so far. K State used almost every second on Sunday, after, on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. I mean, it, that was a it's it just a big win. I mean, they snap a five match winless streak, and improved to five seven and two, and now you're seeing them now you're seeing K State. I believe six in the Big Twelve six in the big 12 standings I believe They're in front of uh they're in front of Baylor Kansas and Iowa State uh, from from the last time I from the last time I checked but <laughs> no none, none, nonetheless this is uh this is a big win for K-State um you uh, also shout out to Elena Warmeyer. Uh, she set she set the school record for career saves with 183 in her time uh she passed wow. uh, she passed uh Miranda Larkin uh who had 182. So, um, great stuff from her as well. Just great stuff overall from a soccer team, uh, to wrap up, the to wrap up the weekend.
1: Yeah. I mean, great to get a win, John. They've got three straight games at home, um, before they go on the road to end their season at West Virginia. So you got a pretty good shot here, especially, you know, against those dirty Jayhawks get another win in conference uh, play. Um, hopefully, um, John, let's go ahead and go around. the. <laughs> what did you say?
0: Those pesky birds. <laughs>
1: so gross it's not even a real burden it's so disgusting anyway speaking of disgusting let's talk about the red river rivalry oh my gosh can you believe this game was on abc people no. <laughs> game was on abc i didn't watch a single second of it
0: there are I mean, kids who watch football games abc uh you you just you just let texas put on a bloodbath out here and uh, oklahoma just looks just significantly bad i mean it didn't help that you had dylan gabriel not playing i mean it, he was one or general the, booty general booty I, I mean i guess he's he's not looking as bright as what many people on social media are saying or something i, I don't know but oklahoma had a really really bad performance it, I mean, the Sooners didn't score an offensive touchdown in the game. That was the first time it happened since they faced Nebraska in 2009. They were shot out for the first time since 1998. That's pretty co- coincidental, perhaps. In um, the last, in the last time Oklahoma, and it was also, I believe, the last time that Oklahoma has lost three consecutive games as well. So Oklahoma's got a lot of problems, but. You know Texas. Texas looked a little more loaded than I expected as well. I mean, as bad as as bad as OU looked today, Texas's offense under Quinn Ewers look, looks completely out of the ordinary compared to the rest of the Big Twelve. And and I and I continue to wonder if if what if Quinn Ewers was fully healthy for the Alabama game? I I think Texas could have possibly won that game over Bama, and we would have been talking about Texas being in the college football playoff contention, but. Uh, you you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, Texas kind of, you know, they got forgotten about after Quinn Edwards went down, but I mean, they're for real. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've, they've got a shot a real shot at Arlington. If they, you know, continue to play like this. Um, I mean, ironically, John, they put up 49 points and they don't have a receiver with over a hundred yards. We put up 10 points and we have two (laughs) college football is just the darndest thing. I swear. But I mean, First of all, Oklahoma. I mean, they have they had five different people throw a pass. They had their running back, Eric Gray, throw multiple passes, one of them being an interception. I like, I I don't know what I'm looking at with these stats. It just that it might me, be the
0: that might be the one where they have a jump pass or something like that. Yeah, uh, I just I haven't, I haven't I'm just so
1: that. confused. I mean, like again, I didn't watch this game because obviously I'm watching I'm watching TCU Kansas over Red River. Like it's a yeah, two one rank, obviously. I only have, there's only so much time in the day, John, I have to be very selective. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this game. Um, I mean, it just sucks. Oklahoma is as terrible as they are. Cause we played them so early on. Cause I think the Oklahoma team that we played just from what, like what my eyes can see from watching. They look like a top 25 team, at least. I think they look like a decent team. I mean, they, they didn't look like this
0: they didn't look they didn't look like uh they didn't look like uh the way they played against tcu as well i mean yeah it was just and nobody's gonna
1: care about that right they're just gonna look that we beat them by one score and think gosh we're just we only beat oklahoma by one score on the road which is unbelievable how two weeks can change a, a perception of a win just incredible
0: a lot, a lot of stuff is going to have to be changed for Oklahoma, and you know, and you know, I, I'll kind of throw some shade here. Like, like Cole Manbeck said, uh, we'll take, we'll take Brand Venables uh, as a, as a quality control. Oh, yeah. uh, oh my gosh, that! Like I, I heard that last night. I was just cra- cracking up so much. Uh, um, but Oklahoma, they were, they were one, they were the only FBS team yesterday to not score. <laughs> they were the only FBS team to not score. I think it was the
1: first time they've been shut out in the red river in program history. I think there was something about them being shut out. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I'm a red river. Yeah. It was
1: was the first time in history. So uh, my gosh. Yeah. Just, you know, I would feel bad for Oklahoma fans, but they've had, they've just year after year, so much success. I mean, like, you know, they're due, they were due y'all were due like, come on. And you know, one year.
0: And you know, some of your, (laughs) some of those fans are asking for it. Like, Asking for their downfall, like they try to troll, like like I do recall they were trying to troll Georgia fans. It's like, oh, you you only beat Kent State by seventeen. We blast, we blasted Kent State. Kent State. And then was on that like- same day, that same day, you lose to to your granddaddy in K State. Uh, I mean, I mean, we're we're not even their dad anymore. Uh, I mean, K State, K State owns Oklahoma at this point. So, uh, anyways, that was just a little little. Rant. I mean, I, I am. I'm just. Uh, Oklahoma just fans send them, them. The just need, send them to the
1: SEC. Just uh, send them the
0: SEC. Yeah, just send them off to the SEC because I, I'm about. I'm about having it with with the way their 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 fans act. It's just absolutely pathetic. You know, hate John Hayden Farrar. Hayden Farrar is great, but every but everybody else, yeah,
1: is, no. John, I'm just – I'm sick of it. I just I K K-State fans can't get excited about playing teams like Texas and Oklahoma. We can't get them to come to our games.
0: Yeah. It's just then,
1: unbelievable. It's just so on, frustrating. Can we get some real competition, please? Like even on Houston. Oh, not Houston. That's a bad example.
0: BYU, get in here. Like, you know. And on, and on top of that, I mean, Oklahoma's just continuing to drag this conference down. I mean, remember when it used to be Kansas? No, not anymore. It's not anymore. Those, those bumps. OK, actually, real talk, though, the thing that bothers me the most is when people say Oklahoma and Texas lose, the Big 12 is down like it's like that's not the, that's not the perception at all. But Big 12 is completely loaded right now. I mean, the way the way teams like Kansas and TCU are playing, nobody were really nobody was expecting them to pull off some crazy stuff like that. And you got Oklahoma State, Texas, and K State running the table as well. I mean, you still got Baylor in the conversation as well. Yeah, I mean, Baylor, Texas
1: Tech aren't terrible teams. They're they're damn good football teams.
0: They are really good football teams, and uh, I mean, I was not expecting for Oklahoma to be zero and three and hitting into. I mean, hitting into uh, the KU game next week. <laughs> Man, that's gonna be fun. Uh, but I can't uh, wait to
1: watch that game.
0: <laughs> but you know, this is but. I was not anticipating for Oklahoma to to make it to Arlington this this year, but uh, they certainly won't be now. They certainly won't be won't be going there now. I mean, they they might as well just go to call it a just call it quits and go to the Liberty Bowl already. For all I care, they
1: can make it to the Liberty Bowl. That might be a little much for them. I mean,
0: that might be a little too much. Yeah, you're right. Uh, first Responders Bowl possible. Yeah, first
1: the Fight Hunger Bowl or whatever. Um, yeah, it's they'll it, be lucky to make it to there. I'm sure they'll revel when they win that eventually when they're six and six ball and, you know, take their trophy. Um, anyway, let's move on to the second game here going on the big 12. Um, It was a good one Um, right after TCU, Kansas, uh, Texas tech, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state barely survives a Texas tech team with their, you know, first career start Baron Morton mm-hmm. through 62 pass attempts. First career start, 62 pass attempts, 379 yards. Like, holy cow. First drive of the game, John. It's fourth and one on their own, like 30. They go for it. They get it. He throws a strike for a touchdown. They onside kick. They Mm. get it. But for some reason, like for some reason, you can fair catch an onside kick, which I don't know. That seems like a gray area. That is really weird. So that worked out for Oklahoma State, but it was a great game. Um, All I could think about, John, during this game, this is totally unrelated and an entire hypothetical. But, like, can you imagine in 2020 if Skyler gets hurt and we have, like, 2021 Blake Shapen or, like, Baron Morton just as a backup, and they just come in and just light it up, and it's like – (laughs) like, that would be so weird. But anyway –
0: The quarterback controversies is the last thing I need to worry about. (laughs)
1: We've talked about 2018 and 2020 way too much on this pod. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but man, uh Baron Morton, dude, he is he might be taking over for for Donovan Smith after what after what he showed uh yesterday. Uh by the time we're recording this yesterday, uh what was it? 39 to 62, yep. uh 379, dude, 379 yards. <laughs> That's just that's just absolutely insane May i mean perhaps maybe uh maybe mcguire can lend oklahoma a quarterback or two or something I don't honestly know. Um, <laughs> but oklahoma state this oklahoma state steepens did look a little bit fraudulent and i'm start i am starting a little bit getting a little bit uh concerned about oklahoma state's backfield as well uh with the departure of jim Knowles, that might s- set a little bit of a tr- uh, trigger effect of a way they're very handling this season as well. I mean, but their front seven spent so much time on Texas Tech's backfield. The defensive line had had a pretty big advantage, um, and I guess, and I guess for the most part, they had they had four sacks, fourteen tackles for loss. Uh, but Texas Tech outgained Oklahoma State, putting them up uh, more than 500 yards, uh, thanks to really the passing game. Uh, but like K State, they had a bend don't break uh, defense for 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 for, uh, for a majority of a game.
1: Yeah, and I mean, eventually, what did Texas Tech in really was? I mean, one, their defense just couldn't keep up with you know Spencer Sanders and the Oklahoma State offense, and then you know, Texas Tech, being the aggressors that they are, kept going for it on fourth down a few times and weren't able to convert. What? How many times did they turn the ball over on downs? One, two, three. Uh, I guess that's just, I mean, three in the, like, you know, third and fourth quarter, that definitely make, those are plays that you need to convert on. But, um, I mean, TCU is looking like the toughest team we've played so far this season, just based on, like, mm-hmm. how they've done against everybody else. You could say Tulane, but I think T- Texas Tech, you would have to say.
0: Oh, I think, you, oh, you said TCU right, for a second. I was like, well, we didn't
1: play TCU. Yet. Oh, did I say, oh, but- God,
0: I meant to, I said, I thought I said Tulane. It's all good. It's all good. But, tech, yeah, Texas Tech, I mean, Joey McGuire right now doing a great job. It's going to take a little while for him to really settle, get things settled on defense. I mean, they – his. I mean, throughout the past few years, their defense has been really – it's been nonexistent. But um, uh, it looks like we're starting to get right, right back on track. Um, and this rivalry is starting to get a lot more entertaining as well. I mean, a lot of people on social media, kind of similar to K-State and Iowa State. Um, I mean, since Armageddon, it's been historically one of the more entertaining games. Um, we got a glimpse of what could be for Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, a, a more entertaining rivalry uh, for the new Big Twelve as well. Once Oklahoma leaves uh, and back and uh, what is it? But yeah, the Dust Bowl. Yeah, but Dust Bowl. I mean that that's that's kind of a fun name. Although, if I was a K State fan, I would have probably try and get 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 on that as well because. Uh, the Great Depression did hit Kansas, uh, with with a lot of our dust storms and crops being taken over. But you know what? You know, I mean, uh, it's Oklahoma and Texas Tech as well. Very, very great plains as well. Yeah, maybe we may be
1: a little too friendly with Oklahoma State to have like a real rivalry. I, don't I know. think we're a little.
0: I think we're a little too friendly with Texas Tech. <laughs> all the, yeah. All the Twitter memes that came up before the game. I mean, like. Those are, those are, those are too funny to be, to be taken seriously.
1: Yeah. If both teams were, got like really, really good, we could throw some stakes on it. That would definitely spice things up. All right, John, let's move on to the game. We all want to talk about here, TCU, Kansas, uh, it's the game of the century. Uh, this game had everything, John, really. I mean, like diverted expectations of what we thought it would be. Cause it was, you know, 10, three at halftime. Um, And I mean, you know, a dramatic Jalen Daniels injury, which really just like sunk the hearts of even K-State fans. I mean, that was heartbreaking to see him go down like that in such an important game for KU. I mean, hopefully he's okay. I really hope he gets to play football again this season. But um, I mean, it didn't look great. Hopefully it's not a broken collarbone. But um, I mean, all the props in the world, the Jason Bean coming in, you know, he made some silly mistakes, but you come in, you sling it. And, you know, you give your team a chance to win. Um, You know, the refs didn't lose you the game, KU fans. Like, chill out. Maybe don't fumble at the one-yard line and, you know, do all the the silly interceptions. Like, stop it. Um, But, John, what were your takeaways from this game?
0: This was really – I mean, this was really the game that KU was going to be battle-tested. And for the most part, I think you and I can agree on it. KU fought pretty well against against a really talented TCU team. But now we could really consider as a Big Twelve title contender. And I mean T- TCU for the most part, they looked fantastic. Uh, Max Duggan. I mean we we didn't really mention um, a whole lot of TCU early on in the season, um, and like nobody was really talking about the way Max Duggan was playing um, in the first three games, but. He had another great day throwing for 300 yards three touchdowns i mean with him playing like uh compared to him playing like he did, has last season uh this tcu is on a this tcu team's on a whole different level add to that you got quentin johnson J- quentin johnston as well oh, oh my oh, gosh I, yeah. I am really concerned about k-state's uh k State's secondaries in this matchup i mean Quentin Johnston, he just had a he just had a monster performance. Uh, he had a break, he had a breakout performance, caught 14 passes, 206 yards and a score. Prior to today's game, he just had a total of 12 catches for 114 yards a touchdown. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is just absolutely oh insane. And going up against a Kansas team, in which, while I do think their defense is also pretty fraudulent as well. Um, I mean, they were still going to be, they were still going to be battling with you, uh, through and through this entire game. So what, one team had to come out as be as the winner. And, and like you said, I I'm, I'm wishing nothing but the best for, uh, Jalen Daniels on his, on his safe recovery. Um, no, no football player should, no football player should take injuries like that. I mean, it just really sucks. Um, and why Jason Bean played, I mean, dude, nobody was expecting Jason Bean to come out there and, perform the way he did and uh, i mean i think i think i guess for some of those reasons i think ku really deserved kind of deserved to be around 19. i 19. i thought i thought um i just thought they made they made a little bit too much mistakes uh around the third quarter to to drop them i i would have probably put them at like 20 to 22 range uh in the rankings but you know um the media the media's going to be loving on Kansas a lot of people are loving on Kansas and understandably so um but you know it it, it KU starting to look KU starting to look like a, a pretty pretty good team out here Blake. we'll we'll, we'll yeah. see we'll see what happens i mean they get well they get Oklahoma next week oh my gosh and there's somehow old.
1: there's somehow 9 point favorites against Oklahoma that makes no sense. Like, are they watching? Like, did the, the, the guy who made the odds just, like, come out of a coma? It's been five years. He's just like, oh, you know, KU and Oklahoma are playing. KU by, or Oklahoma by nine, you know? It's, but, not,
0: him. It, it's not him. It's not the, him. It's the casinos in Las Vegas that are, that are about to go bankrupt after what happens. Yeah.
1: Every, every, I mean, everybody should hammer KU plus nine. I think if, if KU doesn't just straight up win outright – it will, they'll definitely keep it within a touchdown as we, you know, at KU showed against a superior TCU horn Frogs team. Um, I think the thing that didn't really get talked about, we talked about how, you know, KU wouldn't, didn't have Daniel Hyshaw. Uh That showed, I mean, you talk about, you know, they did the speed option to Kai Thomas that got missed. There was a weird handoff to Kai Thomas where there was a fumble. Uh, I think KU recovered that one, um, but those things were huge. But ultimately, I mean, that sequence of, of Jason Bean make overshooting the speed option to uh, Kai Thomas. I'm pretty sure he was in the backfield. And then the, like the, just the dumbest interception thrown right at the TCU guy. His footwork was all over the place. You know, TCU gets seven there and that's pretty much what wins them the game. And then both teams kind of just go back and forth scoring. Um, you know, KU had their shot at the end. Weren't able to convert a fourth and seven. There probably was some holding. The horse collar... I don't think it was, it wasn't, it was like, maybe it was maybe like 25% chance a horse collar, but you know, that late in the game, refs aren't going to decide the game like that. They're going to stay out of the way unless it's super obvious. So what do, you,
0: what, what do you think of the, what do you think of the deep throw, uh, the, the deep touchdown pass? Um, oh, the, was the, the KU one? Before? Yeah. I mean, um, so I, I was, that was kind of debatable.
1: Yeah. So it was definitely debatable. My first, in- when I f- saw that in real time, I thought it was out, like, easily. I was shocked when they called it a catch. Uh, obviously, on the slow-mo, it is super-duper close. I, I wish they would have done, like, a just, like, done it frame by frame and then paused right where his knee touches. Because that was, because like, the rest of his, like, back leg kind of falls after that. But honestly, it was just one of those, whatever the call on the field was, was what was going to happen after the review. They weren't going to mm-hmm. overturn anything, I don't think, with that. Um, so I kind of understood why they just let it stand and called it a touchdown, um, which is even more reason why KU fans can't be like, Oh, you know, we're just not the team. The media wants to win, you know, just the underdog. It's like, stop, stop it. You had my, the, you had the game won If you just, you know, didn't fumble
0: at the one yard line, my initial reaction to that, pl- to that one play, I was like, like it, it, it was, just, it was just really interesting because, but the actual kneecap I thought hit, hit the blue paint while the rest of the knee or the leg was, on was on the, was on the sideline, like went out of bounds, but it's a tough call to make. I don't think, I mean, there was no other way to overturn return a KU was going to score.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's a real right answer to it. It's just so 50, 50, you know, what's interesting in the post-game press conference, um Lance Leipold said that he would have gone for two if KU scored yeah which that would have been fun <laughs> that would have been real fun put the entire game just on one play I mean i makes make sense you trust your offense the way you're rolling um
0: really so- really they had nothing to lose I mean they've gotten so far to the point where they've gotten a lot of respect they're they're surely able to get bowl eligible uh here in the next few games I mean that I mean That'd be a lot. That'd be some pretty good stuff from Le- from Leopold to take, but to uh, to take the risk and seal the deal. I mean, if KU, I mean, listen, if KU won this game, the buzz around around that football program would be at the highest peak possible. I mean, they it would just be. I mean, I mean, Fox College Football would be blowing up about it. Reddit College Football would be blowing up about it. It's just. It's just absolute. I mean, it's just absolutely insane, that we would be thinking about this scenario happening uh, yeah. prior to the season. You
1: know, I was thinking about doing a bit, John, where I just played sad music and just read replies from the k u like final score tweet because there were definitely some funny ones. There were a lot of trolls too, that made it even funnier, honestly. Just one guy who's a Missouri fan in his profile, he comments just like, "I threw my glass table at my sixty-five inch oh, yeah. screen TV yeah. in front of forty people, and they had to leave." It's like, yeah, they had to <laughs> leave.
0: My 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 children were crying. Oh my gosh, dude! I mean, I, I, those those type of comments will occur. I mean, you also have like, "That's it, that seals the deal. I'm no longer a, a Jayhawk fan." Everything disappoints me. I'm taking my I'm taking my fandom towards K State, where I know where they know how to where they know how to uh, develop a real football team.
1: I mean, I knew this would happen, John. I knew they'd lose eventually. It's like they'd lost all these games over the past you know 13 plus years, and it's like they didn't care about those because they didn't probably didn't even they barely even watch. They knew that they were going to lose anyway. And now that they've they're fully invested in this team, you know, college game days there, you know, they're ranked you know, they're five and oh, they heavily care about this team and they finally lose. It's like, you know, that sucks. It really sucks. But you got to just take it on the chin. I mean, like you got to win with class, you got to lose with class. Um, I'd like to think K-State fans do that fairly well. I think we're just, I think if anything, we're like too cynical on ourselves um, generally. But I think most fan bases are kind of like, that, especially on the message boards, things get brutal on the message boards. But, um,
0: yeah, hey, everybody.
1: I know. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, KU earned the respect of all college football fans, in my opinion. I mean, there's a reason they stayed at 19, even after a loss. Um, You know, they, I think the media understands that they put up a great fight and then this team is for real. Um, That being said, are they getting more than eight wins? I don't think so. But, you know, who knows, especially without Jalen Daniels. Um, Jason being played well, but he's not the athlete. I don't think that Jalen Daniels is um so you know which is just so so unfortunate for KU but
0: doesn't he doesn't necessarily have the execution or the consistency that Jalen Daniels would have
1: yeah and it seems like he'll just like every once in a while just have like a really just like you know facepalm moment you're just like what are you doing um like that silly interception in the game but um you know still congrats to KU. Um, They're still having a great season. There's no, you know, I don't think basketball season has started quite yet for them. Um, I think that game in Norman is going to be really interesting because you're going to be in front of an Oklahoma crowd. Who's going to be a little anxious, a little mad and they're going to be, I think they're going to be ready to boo. So if KU fans can get everybody in Norman to start booing their own team, like I think KU and K state fans can unite and just give a big round of applause for that. Uh, we can unite together on that one thing for a little bit of time, which would be pretty
0: incredible. It would be, it would be pretty fun seeing Oklahoma just completely in shambles the, <laughs> at home thing, too. But, but one thing that once made a root for Oklahoma over Kansas is to show that our win over Oklahoma at this point, that is just like nice. a tad bit better.
1: Yeah, that would be, that's a, it's, it's a tough one. You know, we've got, it's definitely a mix of emotions. So um, I think that wraps up our uh, around the big 12 content. Um, so John, uh, oh, we were God. meant, we meant to do this on Friday, but we didn't have time. Do you want to give your PAC 12 rant here? Um,
0: okay.
1: all right. So, yeah. for the, For those who don't know, the PAC 12 has been negotiating with ESPN and Fox for a little while about, you know, media rights. And it was just recently released that they have not reached an agreement with ESPN or Fox. So in the near future, Pac-12 games will not be broadcasted on That's ESPN right. or Fox.
0: That's right.
1: I'm just going to mute my mic.
0: Just oh, geez. give it to me, John. All right. All right. So Pac-12, very ex- exclusive negotiation window with Fox and ESPN. They ended without a deal. So that means pretty much you won't see Pac-12 football on ESPN or Fox um so in in the exclusive period the pac-12 can now i mean they could have only negotiated with with espn on fox um but now that's that's all said and done nothing's going to happen there the pac-12 is going to try and go open market uh and try to go for the likes of possibly amazon apple some of the streaming services to see how much they can get on their media deal but thing that's going to piss me off the most and uh like, like, just smiling right there. <sighs> nobody, and I repeat, nobody is gonna pay for for is nobody's gonna sign for any agreement. Not even Oregon and Washington. They're not gonna sign to any deal because the Pac-12 is completely unstable. The 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 amount ESPN was giving to uh, to each team in the Pac-12 was around sixteen million compared to the Big 12s, who was just a little bit north of 30 million. I mean it was just no, nothing was going to get done for E I mean for for ESPN and Fox 6. So you think you'd be better off going for, to a streaming service like Apple or Amazon. But now they're going to start doing but here's the problem now. ESPN and Fox are going to try and take that advantage. They're going they're going to have their meetings with the Big 12. And the Big 12 is going to try and find any type of way to potentially expand on their footprint, add a little more revenue, uh, add a little bit of more revenue, uh, more money to generate. And now you got to be looking at some folks out west and saying, hey, why would we want to go streaming way too early when we could just watch our teams play on ESPN and Fox? And it's pretty dang stupid at this point that nobody has left. I mean, Arizona has not left. They're culturally like a, they're culturally very familiar with a lot of Big Twelve teams. U, Utah, I mean, Utah doesn't want to join BYU. They're, they're scared to get pounced around by BYU. I mean, look, I mean, there's a some of these schools are able to bring a lot of value to the table. Arizona, of course, with the basketball program, the Phoenix market, a lot, all of their fans want to join the Big Twelve. Same thing goes to Colorado. Same thing goes with Colorado. They got the Denver market. Um, got a lot of, but, but, but the main problem, problem right there is that the administration is too stubborn, hard headed, and partly stupid uh, to really figure out how they're going to settle uh, their, their athletics department with how horrifically bad their football program is. I mean, calling Colorado football a dumpster fire. Is offensive to both dumpsters and fires at the same time. Man, uh, back 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 to this Phil. Uh, You're not going to have U- Utah joining because their fans are too arrogant uh, and, and stubborn uh, to having to deal with BYU in the in the same conference. And you know who really needs Utah? I mean BYU. They, they are a national brand. They got they got tremendous. They got, Tremendous following with the LDS. Uh, I mean, BYU, I mean B, we, we don't need Utah. We, why would we need Utah, man? Um, and, man, Arizona State, like Colorado, complete dumpster fire with uh, their with entire football situation as well. So just I haven't really, like, told you guys, like, who are the main options and how I really consider them. But the negotiations are expected to get, continue around early 2023, if not solidified sooner. And the talks of the stages have also been, has also brought more details to the table, such as the night games, the late start times. That has also, uh, has also kind of gotten the Pactual followers in the past as well. The previous deal was that the conference was going to be paid $250 million annually and was negotiated a dozen years ago and was really considered lucrative. I mean, they were on the verge of considering adding Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech at one point back in 2011. Well, they fall flat on their face. But do I call around Utah? Utah is a valuable addition. But Larry Scott, their former conference commissioner, continue continues to crap the bed. Not only have not only getting the opportunity to just say, "No, ESPN and Fox, we're good. We're just going to have our own." Uh, TV network, uh, just for everybody on the West coast to watch, uh, football. It's no, it's going to be no big deal. Well, it is a big deal because nobody's going to watch that crap show of a network. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, but the, 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 office rent rental in San Francisco is, is way too costly. Uh, and somewhere Larry Scott is, is laughing mentally. Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. I, 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 blinked out for a second, but somewhere, uh, Larry Scott is, is laughing uh continuing to pay pay all the continuing to pay all the all the real estate in the world uh because what's living in the west coast apparently is too expensive as at this point um so really the pac-12 is just an absolute dumpster fire at this point there's no other way to go around it i think i think really getting the news at they won't be having a deal with ESPN and a Fox. I think that's gonna be really I think that's gonna be really the the camel that the last straw that breaks the camel's back um for a lot of these fan bases and you know but the Big Ten, they're not gonna to want to have UCLA and USC on their own island. They're gonna try and go after some of some more teams to create a little more of a West Wing. Um and then on top of that. The Big Twelve can try and take every advantage possible with Fox and ESPN on their side to go after some back to school. schools as well. So, uh, all right, everything's set. I got off my little rant. Blake has my mic. Oh, yep, there's a little laugh right there. He's 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 off. I've of unmuted me. my mic. Yeah, he's I went to his mic.
1: <sighs> yeah, I went and you know brushed my teeth. You <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um so just to clarify you can correct me if I'm John, uh, wrong John but um based on what I'm reading here from the Sports Business Journal ESPN and Fox can still sign a deal with the Pac12 they just don't they're just done with their exclusive negotiating rights period so mm-hmm. then they can open it up to you know go to Amazon or whatever um yeah. so i mean John i don't know you can i don't know if you agree with me here but you know I mean, before I, mean, I go to bed at night um the first thing i always do is pull up Amazon Prime Video and think well, Pac-12 games are on. That's the I mean, first thing I do.
0: The, the overall problem, I mean, ESPN and Fox can still negotiate, but the problem is, is that they don't necessarily want to spend too much money to overpay on the Pac-12. And they're going to say the exact same thing for the Big 12 as well, but the Pac-12 leadership is just completely uh, e- completely egotistical. I mean, I mean, George Kaliakoff just continues to make a fool of himself. Um, with all these press conferences, I mean, you, you got John Wilner and John Canzano just acting like complete, y- y- complete, you know what's, uh, dude. I mean, if this was a, if this was like a full on rant with with explicit words included, I mean, <laughs> we, we we'd have our podcast canceled. Um, but uh, ultimately, this is uh, the, the Pack 12 is is due to. I mean, it's either for streaming, it's either streaming services, or it's or or it's death. I mean, there's no there's no ways all all these teams will be remain intact in, in four or five years, and maybe sooner than that. I mean, do
1: the streaming services like is that even gonna really save the Pac-12? Is that does that just more like stall the inevitable? Because if you're doing a streaming service, your opportunity to grow, like to get casual fans, is like totally minimal. Casual fans, if they're looking for games, they're checking ESPN and Fox. That's the first thing they do. I mean, you're not getting anybody just casually streaming through the Pac-12 network looking for stuff to watch, you know, a casual football game to watch. You'll obviously get your fans of, you know, football teams in the Pac-12, but that's a guarantee. But if you're looking to, like, really have leverage and, you know, be able to have something to work with going with ESPN and Fox, even in the future... Like you got to be able to grow your casual fan base, but you, I think you have to get your stuff together, like as an administration and structurally. So there's not so much infighting between all the teams. Cause it seems like the dominoes are falling and the dominoes are starting to get bigger and bigger, John. And uh, I mean, I don't know what the timeline is for what it looks like, you know, for what could, you know, spell the end of the PAC 12, but it seems within a decade, I can't imagine the PAC 12 is still in existence based on what I understand.
0: And it's a and it's a warning signal to the ACC as well because their TV rights, I mean they're they're incredibly low as well. And you know schools like Clemson and Florida State, they're going to be making million, I mean millions less than compared to the likes of Records and Maryland and Vanderbilt and of all teams. They're not going to be happy with their TV deal as well. So, I mean the ACC could be on the verge of trouble if they don't if they aren't able to figure out anything uh, with their grant of rights. And I mean. It's kind of confusing as well, because if you do open up a grant of rights, that could that could get the SEC power hungry, go after some schools. And, but they, I mean, they could try and expand as well. I mean, they, they really had to influence Notre Dame to join the conference in order to, for everybody to remain happy. Uh, and then on the other hand, a grant of rights, while you're not making a, as much money, you don't have to worry about any of your conference members. Uh, leaving because it may have a large buyout to pay,
1: but I mean, John, I think we're forgetting the real question here is since KU is ranked, do they have the leverage to leave and go to the Big Ten?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean big, you have to imagine big. the Big
1: Ten is just so interested,
0: they are very interested, man. The Kansas City market, I mean, wow, that that is that is the next biggest market here. <laughs> I mean, forget about LA, Kansas City it's a real deal guys the birthplace of jazz i mean come on birthplace of jazz a lot of water fountains (laughs) wow i mean nothing (laughs) slaughtered a big 10 football i going out to the kansas city market and going for a suburb it's not a college town lawrence is a kansas City (laughs) suburb i've said that so many times and all the all the fans is like, oh you 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 live uh, in a real country. I know. Yeah, I, I get it. Kansas, their fans have their fans always claim the Kansas City market, they claim the Kansas City airport as well. It's just absolutely <laughs> pathetic. But you know what? I I am done ranting for the night. i it's just like, oh. <sighs> It's Kansas fans. It's always the Kansas fans, man. Um, The 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 50th episode we did, we both both went on our rants. Oh, uh, yeah. And you know what? Every every episode from now on should just be considered uh, a a Kansas rant.
1: Oh, it always is, John. It always is. All right. I think think that's a great place to end this episode, John. Go out on a high. Just really slam dunk, you know, posterizing uh, KU fans. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at shakenblake785. Make sure if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. And we'll be back this Friday um, to do some shenanigans. You know, it's a bye week. We'll see what we can come up, put together. So, uh, uh, Cats by 90.
0: Cats by 90. Emo. 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 Emo.